All right. Well, first, I uh, want to thank Pastor Josh for giving me this opportunity, and we'll go ahead and start with a word of prayer. Father God, we love you so much, Lord, and we just thank you for, for this time. Lord, I thank you for the, the word uh, that you've put in my heart. Lord, I thank you for the, the testimony that you've given me, Father, and I just pray that, it, that it's your words that flow out, Lord, that it's, um, that it's your words that I speak, Lord, and I just pray for the hearts and minds of everybody that hears this, Lord, that and trust that you've already prepared them, Lord, and Lord, I just stand firm in the fact that, that the word that you send out, Lord, accomplishes what it's supposed to, Lord, so I just lay myself before you, Lord, for you to use as you see fit today, in Jesus' name, amen. When Pastor Josh first asked me to do this, my, my first instinct was, you know, was no. You know, it's not something that, that I wanted to do um, or was even really super excited to do. And immediately, you know, a lot of the fear and the doubts came in. Um, and I could think of a lot of people that are sitting out here today that would be much more qualified to stand up and do this. Um, they've made better decisions in their life. Um, they've done a lot of things the right way, um, and they would be much more qualified to stand here on a stage and talk about stuff and, and pass on things of how they've done what they've done and how they've lived uh, a good life. And, and that's not me. That's not my story. I don't stand here today as somebody that, that's going to tell you how to make right choices um, or somebody that's going to you know, share with you something along those lines. I stand here today um, you know, as a fool. Uh, somebody who's made bad choices. Um, but in that, the thing that does qualify me is God's grace. Um, you know, and that's really when I, I take everything down for today and what I, I really hope and pray that everybody takes from this are, are really three things. The first one is, is a picture of God's grace. I pray that as you hear my story, um, that you are able to to see a, a real-life example of the, of the, and a picture of God's grace that he has for all of us. Um, and I pray that you get some hope from that. That's the second thing, is hope. I pray that, that you, uh, whether you're struggling with something or you know somebody that is struggling with something, whether it is alcoholism or addiction, uh, like I've been my main struggles, or it's an eating disorder or depression or anxiety or pornography or whatever the struggle it is that, that you're going through or that you know somebody is going through, I pray that you can take away from here some hope that if God has done what he's done in my life, then he can do it in your life or he can do it in your loved one's life. And the last thing that I want to touch on at the end is talk about judging um, and, and who are we to judge other people. So a little bit about my story. And again, this is, this is going to be the G-rated version. Um, you know, uh, my life is, is really an open book, and if any time anybody wants to know more about my story or specifics of things, we can sit down and we can talk, and I'll be happy to, to share all of that. But I, I hope to share enough that you get a picture of just how hopeless and desperate um, I was when, when God intervened in my life. But um, kind of the backstory growing up, I grew up in, in a church. I grew up from kindergarten to 12th grade in a, a Christian school, went to church three times a week. Um, and then as I got older and it was time to, to move out, I wanted out of that environment. You know, I was tired of the structure. I was tired of the religion. I was tired of being told what to do, and I wanted out. So I joined the Marines. Uh, that's what all smart people do when they're tired of being told what to do. So, um, 
you know, and I left home. I was 17 years old. I actually turned 18 in Marine Corps boot camp and um, went off to to do my thing in the world. And you know, while I was in the Marines is when I first started drinking. Up until that point, you know, I was definitely a, a late start when it comes to alcoholism and addiction. And um, you know, it all really started. And that's the reason I share that part of my testimony is because you know, struggles, alcoholism, even hardcore drug addiction can happen to anybody. You know, my parents did everything possible to raise me in the best environment possible and to give me a head start, protect me from those things in life. Um, but I still did it, you know. Um, and it, it can happen to, to anyone, um, you know, that, that, you know, we're all susceptible to it at some point and on some level. But once I was in the Marines, it, you know, it really started just slowly as a progression. You know, we, just the environment that we were in, we drank a lot. Um, even being underage, it was just the, the culture, the environment, and some things happened while I was in the Marines, and my buddies and I, our way of dealing with it was just to drink more. You know, we, we kind of were known as the partiers, even in the Marines. Um, and it wasn't until I, I got out of the Marine Corps that I started to realize that there might be a problem. You know, I started to, once I joined the civilian world again, I started realizing, wow, I kind of, I drink a lot more than regular people, you know, because in the Marines, it was just kind of the culture and it was the environment and didn't really stand out. But once I got out amongst regular people, I started to, to recognize and stand out a little bit on how much I was, I was actually drinking. But at that time, it, it, you know, I wasn't having any consequences. You know, my life was going really well. Um, I was achieving some measures of success in, in the business world and in my job and I was climbing the ladder. Um, you know, very young age and doing very well for myself, but I had a double life. You know, I had my my professional life, my work life, or even my my political life with what I was involved in, and all of that was going in, in one direction, but at the other side, I had my party life, and the two did not intertwine. You know, the two were not commingled at all. Um, they are very, very separate. Um, and as time went on, the divide and the gap between those two just continued to widen and widen. And I continued to, to uh, get worse and worse. You know, there was always this fear or this thing inside of me that wanted more. You know, I never was able to have enough, you know, whether it was success or whether it was money or whether it was alcohol or whether it was a, a high. I always wanted more of it, whatever it was. I wanted more, 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 more. I was never at peace, never had you know, I never was content with just where I was in life. There was always this inner hunger for more. And that really drove me. And it, in, in the business world, it drove me in a good way. You know, I, I would go out and outwork other people and outperform other people. And it was kind of an asset in that world. Um, but in the other world of my addiction life, you know, it was bringing me down. And then as I continued to spiral uh, over the course of a couple years, um, I started to finally consequences started to catch up with me uh, started you know stopped being able to hide it from people um, and then you know a lot through that time really started to to lose some jobs some really good jobs uh, but that same time I could clean up well and go interview and land another really good job for a while until that caught up with me and you know but the the consequences kept getting more and more severe um, lost a lot of good relationships And I, I can't even fathom uh, what I put my family through 
during that time and even some of the subsequent time from that. You know, the struggle that they had to, to experience in watching me uh, make those decisions and go the path that I was going. You know, I, I can't even fathom what that was like for them. Um, but nothing stopped me. And at, at this point is really where I was that I, I couldn't stop. You know, I wanted to. You know, for a long time there, I, I'd gotten to a place where I was like, okay, this isn't, this isn't what I want. This isn't going to do me any good in life. So it's time to stop, you know. But no matter how hard I tried, no matter what I did, I always went back to it. You know, I may be able to clean it up for a little while, but I would always go back time and time and time again. And it was it was killing me. I was losing hope day after day because of that. Um, you know, I remember there was one very specific time where, you know, I was I was just done. You know, I, w- I had gotten to the point where I was so hopeless. I had just gone out and made a total mess again, you know, and hurt a lot of people again, and spent a lot of money again, and I was just at this place, and I was like, you know what, if this is my life, I'm not going to live it, you know, if I can't beat this thing, if I'm just going to continue to do these same things, and hurt my loved ones time and time again, you know, if this is what my life is going to be, then it's not for me, this isn't who I am, this isn't how I was raised, but if this is what it's going to be, then I'm just not going to live it, Um, and you know, God intervened in my life, and kept me from from doing something in the, in that time, um, you know, and there was really a, a, a few turning points um, through all of this. You know, one of the main turning points was uh, this program down in South Florida, um, and it was in that program where I, I learned for the first time, you know, was able to hear God's voice. You know, they slowed me down for a period of time, and they discipled me and raised me up and, and taught me how to hear and discern God's voice in my life. Uh, and I will be forever uh, indebted and grateful to them for that. Uh, another major turning point in my life was jail. Um, I spent four and a half months in a, a county jail uh, while I was seriously looking at 10 years of prison. Um, and that was the most hopeless time in my life, uh, the scariest time in my life. I mean, I had been some places and been through some things and, you know, had gone some experiences that would would scare a lot of people, but that uh, prospect of spending the next decade of my life in prison um, scared me more than anything else ever has in in my life. Um, But it was there that was probably the biggest turning point in my life. Uh, God, you know, a a lot of people, when that went on, ran away from me, you know. Um, But there were a few people, and some of them are, are here in this room, that that really ran to me, you know, in that time. And uh, again, that's something I'll be forever grateful for. And they, they lifted me up in prayer in a way that I, I can never repay. You know, every day there was a battle. You know, it was like there was a war every day for my soul. You know, am I going to come out of here a better person, you know, on the right path? Or am I going to come out of here a worse person, you know, uh, a better criminal uh, because I got some inside scoops on ways to get away with stuff, or a better drug addict or drug dealer because I've got, you know, better connections from the people that I met in here, or am I going to come out of here a better person? And every day that was a, a struggle to do, um, you know, and I know it was because there were people outside of there that were were battling, you know, they, they were warring for me when I was in that. Um, and it was in that time is really where, you know, the Lord got a hold of my heart, um, and, you know, a big part of my ego 
died. You know, it's kind of hard to be uh, have a big ego when you're in a jail cell like that. Um, so, uh, you know, a big part of that, uh, me died in that day. And another turning point was, uh, you know, I was at a veterans program. And the Veterans Administration gets a lot of, you know, bad rap from times. But uh, I'll be forever grateful for them because uh, in that program, I learned how to have fun again, you know. Um, I learned that, you know, God put us here to enjoy life. And I, I learned, you know, to connect things and do things like paddleboard and kayak and, you know, do these activities and these recreations that, that just to have fun and to be able to enjoy life. Um, yes, you know, addiction and, and recovery is a very serious life and death matter, but that doesn't mean that I can't enjoy the life that I have today. Yeah. Um, so in all that, you know, there's a lot, like I said before, there's a lot more there. There's a lot more that I could talk about, um, you know, but I, I just pray that you, you have the picture of the hopelessness that I was in, uh, of, of that I was in this place where no matter how hard I tried or how bad I wanted to get out of it, I couldn't. You know, and, and God intervened, and he, and he used jail. He used the police force. You know, you know, he used the long arm of the law to reach out and grab me and put me somewhere to where I, I had no choice but to finally stop and slow down and listen because I couldn't stop on my own. I needed that. I needed that time to be there for that to happen. Um, and, you know, all of that mess, all of that chaos, you know, I'm very grateful for because it brought me to where I am today. You know, it has put me here to where I am today and has made me into the, the person that I am today. And I, I cannot express the gratitude that I, that I have for my life today, you know, and what God has done. You know, I have an amazing, beautiful, loving wife, you know, the woman of my dreams. I've been able to, to marry and get to have that partner to experience life with and to build a family with and to go through things with, you know, like that's priceless to me. And so there's times where I, I literally have to pinch myself to think, like, I cannot believe this is my life today. When I think back to where I was in that jail cell, and I was thinking about, you know, okay, let me, let me picture and envision my dream life, you know, and start training my mind on creating this new life. And what do I want my life to look like in five years, in ten years, and, you know, creating all of these dreams for myself. And I was doing that. But the life that I have today is so far beyond even that. You know, in that place, in that mess, I couldn't even, couldn't even fathom, couldn't even imagine being where I am today. You know, and, and that's all because of God's grace. You know, that's the, the unmerited favor that he has bestowed on me. You know, that's the unmerited favor that's available for you or for your loved one. That's who God is. That's how much he loves us. I heard an interesting story about grace. Um, you know, there's this little family that was immigrating from Europe, and they were they were coming across the, the Atlantic Ocean, and they had saved up all of their money, and they were on the boat, and, you know, they wanted to save what little bit of money they had left after they bought their ticket and paid for their passage. Um, they wanted to save the little bit of the money they had left to kind of get them going once they got here to America. And so they're on the boat, and they're really hungry and just eating bread and drinking the water and just trying to get through the journey. And then the little boy's like, Dad, I just need something other than bread to eat. You know, I need some, something a little harder. I want something warm. They have soup. I smell soup. Can I go get some soup? So the father, you know, gives the boy, you know, two small coins and tells him, okay, just go get some soup. Enjoy it. So the boy goes, and he's gone for a long time, and the father starts to get worried. And eventually the little boy comes back, and he's so happy. And, 
And father's like, where were you? What took you so long? He's like, oh, dad. He's like, I had soup. I had steak. You know, I had all this great food. And the father's like, how did you buy that with just those two coins? And he's like, dad, the food's included in the ticket. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's grace, you know. It's all included in our ticket. You know, we have that. It's, it's in the ticket. It's already included. That's God's grace. He's given it. His unmerited favor, you know, how he favors us is it's it's there it's available for us the love that's the demonstration uh of god's love for us in our life um so you know the life that i have today is a life that i i i'm free you know that overwhelming desire to where i had to drink alcohol every day or that overwhelming compulsion to go here and to do this thing you know has been removed god has just lifted that thing out of my life. I don't struggle with that day in and day out anymore. He has given me a freedom. And that reminds me of a couple of scriptures that talk about, you know, the freedom uh, that God has given, given us. And the first one's 1 Corinthians 6, 12. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Um, and that's telling me that, you know, I have grace. I have God's grace in my life. And while I can go out and do anything, you know, and, and God's uh, forgiven me, you know, he, he will forgive me for whatever it is that I do, that all things, everything's lawful for me to do. Um, but that doesn't mean that everything is good for me to do or that I should be mastered um, by anything. And the last one is Galatians 5.1. For freedom... Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. That's something that I've done in my life. You know, I've had a, a long period of sobriety and then relapsed out of that. Uh, and that's one of the hardest, most difficult things to, to come back out of uh, again, um, you know, to, to have fought your way out of this pit and this hole and to have a semblance of life again and have God restoring things and have people, you know, looking at you a different way again and then to, to go back into that and then to hurt all of those people. You know, I cannot explain the, the shame that that brings on and, and how hard it is to come up out of that again. Um, and that's the reality of sin, you know. <laughs> said in the first service, but, you know, sin will always take us places we don't want to go and keep us there longer than we wanted to stay. You know, that's the nature of sin. That's what my life was. Took me places I I, I did not want to go and kept me there longer than I wanted to stay. Um, But God has set me free today. Now, on the one side, you know, I have this freedom, but on the other side, I have to live with the daily reality that I'm always capable of that again. You know, I'm just a few decisions away from doing that again. I'm just a few decisions away from hurting my wife, you know. That's the reality. I live on thin ice, you know. When I take a step, I have to be very sure of where I'm stepping. I'm, I'm from Florida. I'm not the most skilled ice walker <laughs> out here, you know. It's like, whoa, uh, Not like you Michiganders are where you guys can just skip across it and everything's fine. Um, but, like, you know, I have to walk very slowly, very deliberately, uh, of where I put my foot, you know, and I have to be sure that where I'm putting it is is going to hold. You know, God has set me free, um, 
But if I go back to living the, the way I was living before and feeding myself the same things and thinking the same thoughts and believing the same lies and operating out of the same belief system, then I'm going to do the same thing I did before. That's just the reality. You know, it's like somebody that was set to go in for uh, open heart surgery and have a quadruple bypass and then they're ready to go in and they take one last look before they go in for the surgery and the doctor's like, whoa, holy cow. You know, it's like you have a new heart. You know, all the, the stuff that was clogging the arteries are gone. You know, all the fat that was around the heart is gone. It's like it's a, you've got the heart of a 15-year-old. This is crazy. We don't have to do surgery. And everybody's happy, and they say, yay, praise Jesus. You know, and, and that's possible. Um, and that's kind of what God has done in my life. But at the same time, if that person goes and, continue, and goes back to eating the way they used to eat and living the life they used to live, uh, that will come back, you know. The arteries will clog again. You know, if they live off a diet of sausage biscuits and Snicker bars and pepperoni pizza, I just described 90% of my diet. But if that's, if that's what they live, if that's, you know, what they consume, then the will go back to that same thing. And that's the same thing in my life. All God has set me free today. Uh, if, you know, I don't allow him to renew my mind and renew my relationships and renew my heart, then there's a very strong chance that I will go back. And part of that renewing the mind and renewing relationships happens here. You know, that's why we come to church. That's why I come to church is for that. It's where I receive word and read the Bible myself and have my, my mind washed in the word and renewed and go to things like the Bible study to where I can connect with people and build those new relationships. Um, go to things like the Finally Free meeting to where I can connect with people that have a similar struggle or just have overcome some things in their life um you know so in closing uh we you know there's like i said there's kind of the the three things that i wanted to to talk about um and that i hope that you take away from this and and the first one is grace you know god's amazing grace that he's given us you know and if you can hear my story and see that God can take somebody that's a, a hopelessly drug addicted alcoholic who's pretty much addicted to anything that, that he can get his hands on you know anything that may make him feel better in that moment I would become addicted to it uh, if you can take somebody like that and bring me out of that mire bring me out of that mess and bring me to where I am today uh, he can do that for you in whatever it is that you may be struggling with it. Or he can do that for your loved one. You know, if he can get a hold of my, my heart and my life while sitting in a jail cell and even surround me with, with people and protect me in that environment and set me on a course and on a path to bring me to where I am today. If he can do that for me, he can do that for anybody. Um, and I pray that you take some hope from that. You know, that that's, that's the God we serve. You know, that's who he is. That's the love that he has for us. That's God. Um, and then the last thing is just kind of a, a personal one. Um, but God has, you know, in the course of my story, um, he's kind of given me, there's like a gift that's been hidden in that, you know. So when I sit down with another person who's struggling with something, you know, I very frequently tell them, listen, I can't judge you, you know. Being who I am, doing the things that I've done in my life, you know, I cannot judge you for anything that you're doing or anything that you've done, you know. Um, 
So that's kind of like a, a gift that God give, has given me. But really, I think that's a gift that's available to us all if we think about it a little differently. You know, that God, in, in the sum of, of the Bible, and especially in the New Testament, and Jesus' teaching, the sum of that is telling us that we are not to judge each other. You know, now you can find religious scholarly articles where they try to defend our right as Christians to judge people. Um, and I'm not going to, you know, debate those people. They're, they're a lot smarter than me. But I'll just show you what God has, has put on my heart in that, you know, when I classify somebody's heart, when I say this is that person, you know, there's a big difference between saying so-and-so did this and that was lazy of them. You know, that was a lazy action. I'm classifying that action. Uh, it's a lot different than saying so-and-so did this and they're a lazy person, you know. That's, oh, uh, that crosses a line, you know, where I am classifying that person's heart as one way. And that is one form of judgment. And another is when I presume to know a person's motivation or intent. You know, only God can know somebody's heart. I don't even know my own heart most of the time. You know, only God can look and say what somebody's motive is for doing something or what their intention is. So when we presume to, to think we know what somebody's motivation is or what the intent of someone's action is, and we are, are judging their heart and we are putting ourselves in God's position. You know, God is, is all through the scripture. He's telling us, don't judge one another. Just love each other. Don't judge. Love. You know, and a lot of times people will try to defend because it's such an innate part of our you know, humanness that we want to judge and separate, you know, ourselves from people. Um, but, you know, so we defend that a lot. And you hear people say, well, you judge a tree by its fruit, right? You know, that's in the Bible. You see bad fruit and that's a bad tree. Well, let me ask who here doesn't have some bad fruit in their life from time to time, somewhere, somehow, who doesn't have, who doesn't produce a little bad fruit? Who doesn't, you know, get really irate if somebody cuts you off and you do or say something, you know, so what? So I think really what the heart of that scripture is telling us to recognize that we all do have bad fruit for therefore we all are at our core bad trees and need a savior. So, you know, we, and then I was thinking of what Jesus, you know, with the, the woman who was caught in, in adultery, you know, you who are without sin cast the first stone. Well, you know, that's, that's the word for us is, you know, you who do not ever produce any bad fruit and are therefore a good and perfect tree, then feel free to throw those judgments. Um, but for those of us that aren't perfect and have those things, you know, we need to not do those judgments because judgments have a way, you know, they're like a boomerang. You throw them out and they will come back to you. How many times do you hear somebody say, oh, my father was an alcoholic and you know, I judged him, or my, my dad was this way, or my mom was this way, and I, I judged them for that, you know. Oh, they're such this kind of person. And then they do go and do the exact same thing, you know. There's power in the judgments we make. Uh, it's part of God's laws. And when we break those laws, we will suffer the consequences from breaking those laws. So that's really my, my word um, and my prayer for this body, is that we will be a people that love each other, that take the great amount of grace that we've received and pass that on to other people, that we're, we're not a people who judge or, or try to presume what somebody's heart is or we see them produce a little bad fruit and rather than coming along inside and saying, hey, it's okay, I've been there. You know, let's keep going. Let's pick that thing up, throw it away, and let's, 
Let's keep going with life. But instead, you know, that's the, the people. That's what I love about this church. That's what I love. That's what's happened to me since I've been here. You know, that's one thing I, I really love about this place is you people have come alongside me and not judge me for those things, you know. Um, and that brings to mind a, a scripture that I want to close with, Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. <clears throat> Let us hold resolutely to the hope we confess. For he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how to spur one another on to love and good deeds. Let us not neglect meeting together as some have made a habit, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. You know, life life is hard. There are struggles in life. We all have to deal with them from time to time, and we need people uh, around us to love and to encourage us. And, and I'm thankful that this body has been that to me. Um, and I pray that we can continue, <clears throat> as this church grows, continue to pass that on to other people.